Coffee? Oh, thanks. How did you sleep? Ugh, like a baby. I don't want to get out of bed. Ever. These sheets are... Mm, incredibly soft. What did you say they're called again? Performance bedding by Sheiks. <laughs> performance bedding? <laughs> yeah. They're made from super high-tech performance fabric. They're incredibly breathable, so you're not waking up at night throwing covers off and then an hour later throwing them back on. Huh. No wonder I slept so good. Since I started using Sheiks, I sleep like a baby. No more sweaty nights for me. No? Well. <laughs> well, I like them because they're soft. They feel like, mm, silk. Performance fabric, huh? Maybe we should, oh, I don't know. Try them out again. <laughs> <laughs> Comfort and performance for better sleep. That's Sheiks. S-H-E-E-X. Sheiks. Try Sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com, promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212. This is our number three here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. My name is John Ziegler, and you're listening to the nationally syndicated radio program where each Sunday we provide you with an honest and independent view of the news of the week from a conservative perspective, something which is exceedingly and increasingly rare in this new age of Donald Trump. I'm very capable of changing to anything I want to change to. That right there is probably the most important clip we ever play from Donald Trump. We're already seeing it in the uh, weeks after his election. Uh, he is backing off almost everything he ran on and changing almost on a daily basis. Some for the good, some for the worse. But if there's one thing you take from this program and its view on Donald Trump, it's that. I'm very capable of changing to anything I want to change to. So be prepared. Buckle up. Don't be surprised by anything, good, bad, or indifferent, but certainly don't expect to get what you were promised during that campaign. In this uh, final hour of the program, I'm going to devote most of the show to answering your questions in a segment we call Ask John Anything. also want to get to a couple of other news stories that I've yet to touch on. But if you want to ask a question for Ask John Anything, which is exactly as it sounds, you can ask me effectively anything you want, as long as it's appropriate and it's not some sort of imponderable. It could be about me, the show, or some sort of news story, and I find it compelling. I will answer it in a completely honest fashion. You can do so via my Twitter feed, my Facebook page, or my email, which is talktozig at AOL.com. You can find all of that. You can contact me in all three ways via our website, which is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Let me ask, or I won't ask, let me answer a couple of questions via Twitter. This one from Rachel. Rachel says, John, I would like to know your wife, who sounds like often wise counsel, what your wife's take on the whole Leah situation is. For those who just joined us, Leah has effectively quit the show. I explained it all in hour number two, so it's way too deep to get into. But you can listen to that on the podcast. By the way, good news, it appears as if our interview with Congressman John Yarmouth will be available on the podcast, which should be accessible about a half hour after this program ends. So in a, about an hour and a half from now at freespeechbroadcasting.com, you'll be able to hear our number one 
that interview with Congressman Yarmouth and then the entire very involved and hopefully compelling uh, explanation for why Leah Brandon is no longer with the program. But as far as my wife's view, and yes, my wife often provides wise counsel, but like any other human being, sometimes uh, she has a, a biased view of things. Um, I'm not sure how, how I would describe her view of the Leah situation. She was sad. She knows that I'm sad. You know, I, I didn't get a chance to get into detail of one of my major regrets in all this. And obviously everyone has things that they would do differently. And I would have loved to have done differently, especially during <laughs> the clusterfuck of a technical problem that ended up uh, being the, I don't think it was a straw, but whatever you want to refer to it, that broke the camel's back last week. There's, if I had known that was going to happen, I would have prevented it from occurring. But one of the things I do regret is having Leah come visit our home and bond, for lack of a better term, with our daughter, Grace. Grace is four years old. She's come on this program a couple of different times. You, you may remember that she's, she was very conflicted about Donald Trump. Is Trump a bad guy or a good guy? She didn't like Hillary. She wants to steal all my stuff. And she asks about Leela, as she refers to Leah, all the time. So she had a connection to, to Leela just ha- from having been on the show and hearing Daddy talk about him, her, but she had never met Leela until a couple weeks ago when Leela was in town for the Breeders' Cup. And I brought her home to see Grace because she was really excited to do so, thinking that our relationship was on solid ground, that things were going to be fine going forward, especially once we got past the election. And that turned out to be dramatically inaccurate for reasons that I've already explained that really were certainly beyond my control, if if not also hers. And I really regret that part of it because now explaining that to Grace is going to be exceedingly difficult. It's going to cause all sorts of problems. Uh, I was planning on having Grace come on the program before Christmas, just like she did last year to talk about Santa and all that. Now I don't know what to do about that because when Grace realizes that Leah is not here, she's going to have a fit. So that's going to be destroyed. And it's just going to be a mess that was unnecessary. Not to mention the fact that, you know, I allowed someone to bond with my child who is no longer going to be part of my life because she quit the show for reasons that I do not believe were legitimate. And I gave her every opportunity. I, I ate the crap sandwich and said, hey, let's talk about this. She wouldn't even have a conversation about it. So that was the that was a big mistake, and I think my wife would agree with that. Uh, but she also understands me, and she knows how difficult I can be. I mean, I am not easy. I, I'm, I'm a really weird person. When I tell someone I'm going to do something, I do it. And if I can't get it done, I let that person know I can't get it done, And I apologize, and I take responsibility. I know that's weird. That doesn't really work in today's world. But if I had been in Leah's situation, knowing that she was was relying on me to make sure she could get through a three-hour show and was expecting to have a co-host and a news person and sound bites and all that, and I wasn't, and I had told her that I had everything under control, and I had said, hey, look, um, I got this. And then I didn't have it. 
the last thing I would have done was hang up on her no matter how upset she got at me, and I would never in a million years have blasted her on the air on her show (laughs) where she's paying me to be there. I would never have done that in a million years because I would have understood this position I would have put her in. And the fact that she didn't understand that with me is is amazing because she's a very experienced and good broadcaster. And I thought we had a much deeper brother-sister type relationship. So I know I'm tough, and I'm far from perfect. Oh, my gosh. Oh, far from perfect, especially when things go wrong. I get very upset, especially off the air. But I do maintain a professionalism on the air that was not in evidence last week. And I think my wife understands that and realizes that at that point, the trust is broken. So she's sad and she's, she definitely, I'm sure feels as if, um, you know, both, both parties are responsible as almost always the case in these situations. And this is no different. This, this happened for a long, over a long period of time for a lot of reasons. I still maintain it would not have Ended the way that it did without the technical screw-up, which is a damn shame and a travesty. But um, that's the best I can make of what my wife uh, currently thinks. I mean, she's put up with me for... I've actually... I knew Leah longer than I knew my wife, although obviously not nearly as extensively. In fact, Leah was there the, the night that my wife first appeared on my radio show and, and said, as my wife was leaving the studio, you need to date that person. So this, this is the kind of relationship that I had with Leah and why it's it's so upsetting, so tragic, both professionally and personally, that it has now ended for incredibly stupid reasons, and at least in part because of Donald Trump, which is just amazing. Although I will say, I will say it's rather ironic that one of the very first people who will lose income because of the Donald Trump election happens to be Leah Brandon. I hope that's not going to harm her, but uh, I do find there, there to be some irony in that, to say the least. All right, um, we'll do more of your questions for Ask John Anything when we come back. Uh, the way to get in hold of me is uh, via my Twitter feed, my Facebook page, or my email, which you can find at www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Welcome back. This is the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. My name is John Ziegler. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. We're doing Ask John Anything, which allows you to do exactly what it sounds like. Ask me anything you want via my Twitter, Facebook, or email, all of which can be found at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Let's go back to the questions. And uh, this one from Cece on Twitter, she says, is Grace Ziegler, my four-year-old daughter, happy about her baby brother? Now, apparently there's been some confusion because while my four-year-old does have a sibling in the making, it's actually a sister. That must have been some confusion uh, on my part. Uh, I actually got in trouble for having uh, divulged the fact that we are expecting a daughter on the air prematurely. And boy, did I get in trouble. Well, that was ugly. But uh, the reality is that my wife is pregnant, and 
and she is pregnant with a little girl. And four-year-old Grace, who's been on this program on a couple different occasions, has been really very interesting. She was super excited and responded almost exactly as we hoped that she would be when she found out the news. And she has maintained her excitement level, although I don't think she has any idea that it's still quite a long time for her in relationship to her life between now and the time that my wife will actually give birth. So it, it's not quite real. She's also expressed some trepidation. I think she has figured out and done the math that her life is going to change quite a bit. In fact, she has told us that, that she's afraid of what's going to happen when the baby comes. And effectively, I think like anybody who has a monopoly <laughs> on all the attention, she's concerned about how that's going to impact her. And some of that's been cute. Some of that has been actually, I think, been admirable in the fact that she's one, kind of smart, and two, honest enough to discuss her concerns about it. Maybe the most interesting thing that occurred was that uh, we went to to go see the baby in a sonogram. And I, when I say see the baby, I mean really see the baby because in today's technology, and it, you know, and the, it's been five years since I went through this, the technology is far better than it was then. You effectively see a movie of, of your kid in 3d and, and this is fairly early on in the pregnancy and grace went, but really wasn't very interested at all in her little sister. (laughs) She was far more interested in what the doctor was doing and the machinery involved and the technical aspects of it all. Of course, she wants to be a doctor. One of the many things that she wants to be at this point in her life is a doctor. So maybe that was part of it, but she really was kind of uh, indifferent about her sister. So I think Grace is a little bit uh, on the fence. She's on one hand excited. On the other hand, I think she's a bit trepidatious. And um, I I know, I guess, I guess that's all natural. I've never been through this before, so I have nothing to compare it to, but I would say so far so good. But I think Grace is also enjoying the, uh, at least I hope she is the last months of her monopoly over her world, because you know, one of the major reasons why we wanted to have a second kid was that she was well on her way to being an exceedingly spoiled kid with regard to attention, and she basically needed her world shaken up a bit. And nothing's going to shake it up more, obviously, than having a situation where she has a younger sister. I think she's probably going to be more well-suited to have a sister than a brother, at least I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that she's going to take a maternal attitude a little bit and and be a little mothering. I think the five-year, almost five-year age difference is going to be good because she'll certainly have established her dominance and they're not really going to be competing with each other really ever in their whole lives. I mean, they're not even going to be going to high school at the same time. So I think that's all good. And so we're hopeful and I'll keep you updated on that. Uh, another question, uh, we have... Uh, someone who wants to know about whether or not there's a potential another co-host for the show. Matt says, can you add another co-host? Do you have any one in mind? Uh, yeah, I, I had a conversation with a very rather prominent uh, female who I think would be outstanding to be a co-host on this show today. Uh, there's potential technical issues. And after what we've experienced the last two weeks from a 
technical standpoint, I have no faith at all that we can really pull off anything. I mean, we can't even get a phone call on the air tonight uh, in a way that was uh, listenable to the entire audience. So uh, it's rarely difficult for me to be able to have confidence in pulling the trigger on that. It's something I would like to pursue and we may try, but when you don't have confidence at all in the technical parts of it, uh, then it really limits your ability to to make any kind of major decisions. But I think for the long-term viability of the show, it would be helpful to have that. And there, there, there certainly is somebody that I have in mind who I think would be an excellent addition should we be able to make that happen. If you want to ask me a question for Ask John Anything, still two more segments left to go. You can do so via our website, which is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. My name is John Ziegler. back. This is the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. My name is John Ziegler. We're doing Ask John Anything. You can ask me, just like it sounds, any question you want via my Twitter page, Facebook page, or my email, all of which can be found at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Via Twitter, Drew in West Los Angeles asks, given Trump's fondness for attractive women, do you think he will choose Kaylee McEnany for press secretary. It's a good question. I had not heard her name floated for press secretary. She might be a, actually a little too Trumpy to be press secretary. Most of the names being bandied about are Laura Ingram or Kellyanne Conway, his so-called campaign manager, pollster, who really effectively was his campaign spokesperson going on television throughout the campaign, far more than she really was a campaign manager, and she did a pretty good job. She is a bit older and not nearly as attractive as Kaylee McEnany. For those who have not seen her, she's usually on CNN, and uh, she's quite smart and very sharp and very aggressive and also very attractive. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that's part of why Trump picked her. Trump definitely had the... He went to the Fox News Channel school of choosing his surrogates. Old white men and young, hot females. That's basically what Trump did. It's it's a very well-known philosophy. The Golf Channel has done basically the same thing. And it's worked. And it worked for Trump. And... Uh, Kaylee McEnany was was definitely one of the more attractive, if not the most attractive, although there was some competition when it came to the Trump's camp sp- campaign spokespeople. So I, I don't know anybody that has floated her name. She would be interesting. I would watch, not just because she's attractive, but because, boy, she is fast and she's sharp and she would not take any bull crap whatsoever. My guess, though, is that we would have about an incident a day where something was said that was highly inappropriate or inaccurate. 
I, you know, my, when you're defending Trump, that happens almost naturally because you're trying to defend oftentimes the illogical, the non-fact-based, the untruthful. And so when you're defending the indefensible, oftentimes you, just, you do or say indefensible things. And, and Kaylee McEnany has no qualms at all. I mean, she will defend Trump on anything, on anything. Kellyanne Conway at times has said, you know what? I, I can't defend that. Not too often. So, you know, if you, if you think of Trumpsterism as a disease, Kaylee McEnany has 100% of the disease. She's got a full-blown case of Trumpsterism. Kellyanne Conway, I, I, I sense is more of just a whore, that she's just doing it because she's being paid and she's becoming famous. I mean, she was working for the Ted Cruz Political Action Committee not too long ago. It was about six months ago, seven months ago, and was criticizing Donald Trump rather vociferously. But now she's getting paid, and so now her incentives have changed. And so I have no idea. I, I Trying to choose or, or predict who Trump is going to choose in any of these situations is completely foolhardy because it's basically who's the last person that he respects who talks to him before he makes the decision, which ought to scare the living daylights out of you because that's not the way to be a president, but that's the way Trump works. Anybody who, anybody who ever watched The Celebrity Apprentice, which I've mentioned numerous times on this program, it's amazing to me that one of the many aspects of this campaign that got totally overlooked, never even became part of the campaign, is Donald Trump on Celebrity Apprentice. Now, every time I mentioned it, when Leah Brandon was on the show, she would poo-poo it as, oh, that's just a reality show. Yeah, but it's an insight into the way his mind works. And watching him make a decision was almost literally like watching a toddler choose which toy he's going to play with. Which is whichever's the shiniest object, whichever's in front of him last, whichever whatever whims are going through his mind at that moment, that's where he goes. And that's how he makes decisions. Well, that's one thing if you're doing a reality show. It was frustrating watching the reality show. There were times I was like, what did he just do? Why did he just make that decision? How did he pick that person? That makes no sense. When it was a reality show, it was frustrating. When he's president of the United States, it's potentially downright scary. And how we're going to get through at least, you know, at least four years of that without that coming back to haunt us is beyond me because the percentages are dead set against it. So I don't know who's going to be the press secretary, but um, I would definitely be more likely to watch if it was uh, McEnany because she definitely is the, the most attractive and, and definitely uh, intellectually the liveliest uh, of the bunch. Cheryl asks, and she's a Trump supporter, Cheryl is, she says, why is it that those who oppose Trump are so condescending in tone to those who do support him? And I, I'm quite certain that a lot of Trump supporters felt that I was that way with Leah Brandon, even though I would suggest that, especially in comparison to the way she treated me at times, that was not accurate. But I will fully acknowledge, yeah, I have been condescending to many Trump supporters. I don't believe I was to Leah Brandon, but I absolutely have been condescending on Twitter and Facebook. And why is that? Well, because... What I have found is that most of the most vociferous and passionate Trump supporters don't have a clue about reality. 
They don't know what the facts are. They don't understand the way our system works. They are not thinking clearly. They are feeling. They're actually quite liberal. The, the Trump phenomenon is very similar to the Obama phenomenon. I mean, here we hated on Obama rightfully for eight years because he had a you know this cult. He was a cult figure. Well, all we did was just gravitate towards, and when I say we, I mean the Republican Party, gravitated towards a different cult figure. And frankly, they're not that much different philosophically. And psychologically, they're not that much different. And I think there's a darn good chance the, the Trump presidency is going to be very similar to the Obama presidency in a lot of ways, including policy-wise. So the condescension comes from the fact that most, not all, I want to make it clear, not all, not even close to all, I don't know what the percentage is, but a healthy percentage, especially of the, the most vocal Trump supporters, and I've dealt with a lot of them on Twitter and Facebook and via email, are not intellectually based. They're not knowledge-based. They don't care about the truth. The hypocrisies know no bounds. There's no principle. It's whatever Trump says at that moment. Even when he's contradicted himself, maybe something he said that day. And when you don't give a damn about truth, you don't give a damn about principle, hypocrisy doesn't matter to you. You don't understand the way the system works. You believe things that are completely preposterous, and this is the source of all that fake news stuff on Facebook. It's because people were willing to believe this crap. And why was that? Well, because, frankly, I'm sorry, a lot of people aren't very smart, and a lot of people would rather gravitate towards something that makes them feel good, even if it's totally false. This is why Disney is as profitable as it is. Disney is in the fairy tale business, so was Donald Trump. The very the fairy tale business is exceedingly lucrative. Has been throughout time. Donald Trump just figured out a way because of the way the new the new media works in the modern era with Twitter and Facebook and the internet, you can just make crap up and if people want to believe it and it's popular and it goes viral, look out. I mean there are all just I mean there are all sorts of things that I get on a regular basis from Trump supporters that are based on total bullcrap. They're not true stories. They're false. They were made up. And they, by the way, a lot of them were made up by teenagers in Macedonia. <laughs> I'm not making that up. People knowingly made up false stories because they figured out how gullible Trump supporters were, and they made a lot of money from it. And Trump ended up being president. So that's why people are condescending. And I cop to it. I have been condescending towards Trump supporters. But I think a lot of them, again, not all, a lot have deserved it because what they believe is not based in fact, it's not based in reality. It's not based in intellect. It's not based in truth. It's not based in principle. It's on emotion. And oftentimes it's based on utter bullcrap. And it's incredibly short-sighted. And I think there's a very good chance that in the long run, all of us in this country and those who care about the conservative movement are going to be greatly harmed by this. I hope not. 
I hope desperately not. I know a lot of people probably don't believe that. They think, oh, John, you're invested in uh, Trump's failure because you want to say I told you so. Let me let you let, let, let me in on let let me let you in on a little secret. I don't know how long it's going to be before we realize that Trump was a mistake. I hope it's as long as possible. I got one daughter in in the world and another one coming. That's all I care about is my daughters, and I fear that their lives. Are, Maybe not in the next couple of years, but somewhere down the line, either directly or indirectly because of Donald Trump, their lives are going to be negatively impacted because this country will be negatively impacted. But guess what? The chances of me being around in a significant way to publicly get any sort of credit (laughs) for being able to say, I told you so, are zero. Zero. First of all, no one cares about I told you so's anyway. Nobody. No one remembers. No one cares. You get no credit for that. Zero. And the chances of me being around to even claim it are far less than the chances were of Donald Trump winning this election to begin with. So this is not about I told you so. This is I'm just telling you what I think based upon logic, knowledge, experience, and the, be able, the ability to be able to perceive who people really are, how they're going to act, and how the circumstances are likely to turn out. I hope I'm wrong desperately for the country and the conservative movement. He has to be a success for either the country or the conservative movement, what's left of it, to have any hope. So we put all of our eggs in this basket of this drunk homeless guy. I hope somehow those eggs don't fall out and crack all over the place. Chances are they that's not going to happen because he's a drunk homeless guy. But stranger things have happened, and, you know, he himself has said... With me, it's just works. You know, it's magic. Maybe he's magic. He better be magic. I don't believe in magic, but he better be because that's what we're going to need for this all to work. All right, last chance for you to ask a question via freespeechbroadcasting.com for Ask John Anything. Our final segment coming up next. My name is John Ziegler. This is the final segment of this edition of the John Ziegler Show here on Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And at freespeechbroadcasting.com, about a half hour from now or so, you'll be able to access the podcast for this particular program. You can currently access all of the past shows here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network at our website. But in addition to... uh, the podcast for tonight's show, you'll also be able to hear the interview in the first hour of the program with Congressman John Yarmuth, which had a very promising start. It would have been a fantastic interview had we been able to go for the full hour as intended. But we had a technical problem on most of our stations. I don't fully understand exactly how or why it transpired the way that it did. But on the podcast, there will not be a technical problem. So if you missed that, Uh, or if you're interested in it or both, you'll be able to catch that uh, in hour number one of the podcast, which will be up at freespeechbroadcasting.com in about a half hour or so from now. Uh, Continuing with Ask John Anything, I have a couple of questions 
regarding this effort by the Green Party candidate Jill Stein to get a recount in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania. Robin asks, do you believe that Jill Stein's efforts to challenge the election results are in fact funded by Hillary and the Democratic apparatus? No, I do not. I don't think there's any evidence of that. There's no logic of that to that. Uh, It appears to have been a very grassroots situation. I frankly think that there's a very good chance that Donald Trump accurately described what was happening there with regard to that money making venture. He called it a scam on Twitter. It's interesting. I think that Trump is very good at discerning what is a scam and what's not, because there's an old saying, it takes one to know one. Well, Trump knows scams very well because he pulls them off all the time. So if there's somebody who understands what a scam is and might be able to discern a scam and someone else, it's Donald Trump. So when he calls what Stein's doing a scam, a scam, I tend to believe him. Because it's something Trump might do. I think Stein is going to end up profiting from that because she ended up making apparently more money than she needed for the recount. And there's been some question as to whether or not she really guaranteed that all the money would go towards a recount. I don't think the results are going to change. I don't have any problem with them doing this, by the way, though. Given the fact that there were so many hacking episodes related to this election, it's obvious that Russia had and a very strong hand in what occurred here, especially with regard to WikiLeaks. And because the results were a bit odd in those three states, I have no problem with looking at it. Why should anybody? We Shouldn't we know for sure? I don't think anything's going to change. In fact, I'm quite confident that it won't, will not change. But it's it's weird to me that Trump seems a bit perturbed by this, maybe because he thinks that it will undercut his legitimacy. I hope it's not because he actually thinks that there's some validity to it and he's worried about it, but it is odd, his overreaction to it. To me, you just ignore this, and this is good for democracy. Hey, let's just make sure we didn't somehow screw this up or someone didn't manipulate this in some way. But I don't see any evidence that Hillary's behind it. They have very tepidly kind of sort of supported it, I think because they're in a politically impossible situation. Some of their base is saying, hey, why aren't you helping here? So they want to placate them, but they also don't want to look like jackasses when it turns out that there's nothing to the recount. So in a way, you know, this isn't all that bad. We're going to find out for sure, hopefully, that nothing weird happened with our election process. I hope Jill Stein isn't pocketing the money of, of people she scammed. We'll see about that. And the Democrats are going to have to mourn a loss a second time, which Trump ought to be happy about, but for some reason he isn't. Now, Willie on Facebook asks a similar question, which I'm confused by, but I want to address. What do you hope comes out of the recount? Would you want Hillary to win still, or as Trump's cabinet choices made you reconsider who you would rather have for four years? This is a mischaracterization of my position. I never supported Hillary, didn't vote for her. I didn't want Trump to win. I realize it's a so-called binary choice. But to answer the question, not only do I not think the recount will change anything, I hope it doesn't change anything, because if it did, the results would be so catastrophic to to the confidence in our entire, forget just our electoral system, our entire, every institution. We would lose complete confidence in everything. There would 
There would be more riots on both sides. There would be chaos. So nobody is worth that, whether you're trying to avoid a Trump presidency or if you're one of these people who actually wanted a Hillary presidency. So, so no matter how dangerous Trump is, he's not more dangerous than the circumstances that would occur if somehow, some way, this recount changed anything, which it's not going to. So to answer your question, I hope we find out nothing happened and nothing went wrong and that Trump is the president. And I'll be crossing my fingers and hoping against all hope that I'm wrong about who he is and why I believe him to be uniquely unqualified for the office and that somehow we can dodge a bullet for at least four years. How we're going to dodge it for eight, I have no idea. Because that's a really, really long time. Mark Ahrens on uh, Facebook asks, in this era of fake news, where we can get, where can we get the truth other than the free speech broadcasting network? Boy, I wish I had an answer to that. <laughs> I really do. I think you got to use your own common sense. You got to look at all sides. You have to have uh, news sources from the left, the right, and the center. And and basically, if it's too good to be true. Don't believe it. And if it's too bad to be true, don't believe it. Use your common sense and your logic. It's really not that difficult to tell which of these stories are bullcrap and which aren't. But if you're not that bright, I guess it can be difficult, as we've seen. But it's a major, major problem. I wrote a column about that, fake news, by the way, which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Well, another interesting edition of the program. Hopefully I'll be with you next week. Check out the podcast at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Have a great week, everybody. I'm John Ziegler.